this episode of Mike Drop Dallas, the big get is Nathaniel Lowe, first baseman for the World Series champion Texas Rangers. Then we're going to talk about the impact the Dallas Cowboys have in our community, including during the holiday season. All that and more. It's season four, episode six. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to Mike Drop Dallas, everyone, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, joined as always by Monica Paul, the executive director of the Sports Commission, and our on-air producer, Next Level, Marcus Carr. Another great show this week, but Monica, before we get to our guests, we, we've got some Mike Drop moments going on. None bigger, of course, than the Rangers in the continued World Series championship buzz. You and Marcus... We'll get into that with Nathaniel Lowe in a few minutes. I was out at the Arboretum on Sunday with my family, and I was struck by how many people were wearing Rangers gear at the Arboretum, for crying out loud, on a, on a Sunday or a Saturday, I guess it was, uh, in, in November. Pretty pretty cool. Uh, Cowboys on a roll, of course, a key stretch of the schedule coming up. We'll get into that. Uh, SMU wins its first American Athletic Conference football title under Rhett Lashley, who gets a contract extension after going 10-2 and two this year with a nice bowl game coming up. Hopefully, Rhett is a friend of the mic drop, so happy for, for him and our friends at SMU. Monica, how are you feeling about your Longhorns uh, oh. playing for the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State at AT&T Stadium on Saturday? Uh, uh, we better be rolling uh, on on Saturday. I need a big, big win. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, my fingers were crossed, really, that we'd be playing Oklahoma just to avenge that uh, loss earlier at the Red River rivalry uh, down at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but uh, we need a big win, and I think we need a, a help, a little help from uh, some of the other teams out there to get in that college football playoff. But um, I don't know. Really excited about how, how the team has developed uh, over these last few few weeks. So um, looking forward to a, to a great game there. What else is happening at the uh, Sports Commission? I'm sure you've got some FIFA action. World Cup 2026, of course, uh, right around the corner, coming here to the number one city in America to do sports business, according to the Sports Business Journal. What's the latest there? No major announcements yet uh, coming from FIFA. We don't have a timeline of when that match schedule is still coming out. So at this point, my fingers are kind of crossed. It may come uh, uh, in January of uh, 2024. That way we can uh, all enjoy our uh, uh, holidays and the, the mass chaos doesn't erupt uh, around uh, uh, the holidays uh, when that match schedule comes out. Uh, next week, we'll be in Mexico City for our last workshop of the year. All the host cities coming in there to really tackle subjects around fan fest, tickets, hospitality, host city supporter programs, volunteer programs. So coming out of Mexico City, we should have a clearer understanding of uh, what we can share with all of those who are interested in lending a hand and volunteering and, and being part of the workforce for the world cup here in 2026. So that, that'll be exciting. I'm, I, I really do feel like things will pick up uh, in, in January a little bit because it becomes a little bit more real of, okay, one, one more year closer to 2026. And we've got a lot of work to do. Um, Dallas Marathon, Dallas, the BMW Dallas marathon right around the corner, December nine and 10. I know you're involved, uh, 
with with uh, with the marathon. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, Dallas Marathon coming up this weekend. We've got uh, um, the Sports Source soccer soccer event, Irish dances going on. Uh, so it should be a busy weekend uh, from a sports perspective. Obviously, getting into the the bowl season here uh, after this next weekend, we'll know some matchups. So uh, be able to talk on on future episodes about um, who will be hosting in the first responder bowl. Obviously, the Cotton Bowl. And the other two uh, in Frisco and, and Fort Worth as well. So always a busy time of the, the year and the season for us once we get into bowl season. Monica, here's a little fun fact for you. I have uh, two kids who were award-winning Irish dancers once upon a time back in the day. Marcus, uh, Monica, either of you know what an Irish dance competition is called? I have no guesses. I should know this, Sully, so, uh, but I, I fear I don't. It's a fesh. So fire up because uh, I didn't know this was happening. So we, uh, if you need a technical advisor, we've got a couple in the, uh, in the Sullivan family. So, uh, so uh, I can get Jenny on alert and, and, uh, and get her out there if you need a, need a, a greeter or a helper. So. Okay. Well, we'll let, let us reach out to him today and we'll see what uh, additional uh, reinforcements we may need there. All right. From Irish dancing to the Texas Rangers. Uh, back in a moment to talk Rangers with first baseman Nathaniel Lowe. First, over to Rachel. Get ready, sports fans. This fall is stacked with events right here in the Big D. From food sport to football, the number one sports business city has something for everyone. Head to DallasSports.org to sign up for access to exclusive ticket announcements, discounts, and pre-sales to be part of the next big win. We are now pleased to be joined by World Series champion and our Texas Rangers Gold Glove first baseman, Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel, welcome to Mike Drop Dallas. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So, Nathaniel, you are among a handful of current Ranger players who were on the 2021 team uh, that lost 102 games, I think. Uh, that season, could you have imagined you'd be World Series champions two years later? Honestly, I, I had no idea. You know, we uh, we knew we had something special, but like the team just wasn't ready to compete yet. And it felt like there were a couple things after, you know, having such a great ballpark and such a great place to play that we really needed to address. So in 21, not so much, but then like to be a part of, a, of an organization that's going to address those needs and like really put them on the field now is so special because now we got we got a chance to really recruit top tier free agent players and we got guys who are, you know, at the top of all these award lists who are doing great things for themselves and for the team. And it's it's really cool to be a part of a rebuild like that. So has it really sunk in yet uh, that, that you are World Series champion? Uh, and, and what does that mean to you personally? Uh, so special, you know, yeah. every time you play, like play the game to win the game. When you win the game, you win a championship. So like to truly like take it to the top level and know that there's like no higher we can go is, is so cool. And, you know, because I, you don't really totally realize that it's real until it's done. And sometimes it doesn't even feel real, but yeah, to be a world series champ, like it, it's just such a special feeling. 
I mean, I, I have to imagine it's like a dream you had your whole entire life. Uh, so uh, definitely enjoy that and, and let that sink in. That's fantastic. I know we were talking on the mic drop a few episodes earlier in the in the season and it was still you know regular season that y'all were in and you were a little bit of a slump there and we're like oh no I don't know if these rangers can can hold on and pull it out but uh uh you did and uh uh so very excited about that um so many rangers players have uh, praised manager Bruce Bochy uh, can you take us uh, behind the scenes a bit to help us better understand why he is the perfect manager for this team? Boach is just so, he's so even keeled. You know, the highs aren't too high. The lows aren't too low. He's, he's optimistic. He expects guys to do well. Um, you know, he's not putting you out there in a position where he wants you to fail. He wants you to get the best out of yourself, you know, and when, we individually hold ourselves to high standards that comes together as a team. And I felt like, you know, even in the losing streaks or the slow periods that people took notice of, like, it felt like it's just a matter of time before we snap out of it and get back to playing first place baseball. And, you know, for him not to come down on anybody, he never really had to yell at anyone or do anything kind of off the record like he just he was just even keeled every day and when he brings that same kind of same kind of energy every day it's just really easy to play for Nathaniel we had uh John Blake on earlier this season you know he 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 was the one saying you know the Rangers are going to make the push I, I I don't really get into the games as much as I do unless it's playoffs um you know so I, I can't imagine the motions he was going through but what was going through your head you know once that final out was you know solidified I mean, it just—it didn't feel real, you know. It's just there was no next round to get to. There was no other team to beat. It was just, you know, that's that's it. We won, and and to finish a season where you win the last game, like there's there's only one team in every league that gets to win the last game, you know. And and it, to be one of thirty to to finish that thing off and realize like that we got it done was just so special, you know. You don't really. Don't really think really think about it until it's time to finish it. But yeah, that game five, like what a feeling. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've been here for three years. I've been a Rangers fan for 25 years since I've been alive. Rangers fans waited 51 years for this. You know, what was it like at the parade? Um, and you know, what did you what did you like feel from the fans? Not, you know, that were there and then also you know, the week after. Oh, so special. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's still such a treat to like, to get on the back of the truck and ride around in a circle and say hi to everybody. Like the, that was such, such a good time. It was so fun, you know, cause you only, you have no idea how many times you get to celebrate that. So at that one time you're a world champ and to, to see all those people turn out and pack it in there and then fight through the traffic and, and get part of it. Like, to be part of a first time event like that was so special. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like it, it was such a good feeling to see everybody out there. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely, I, you know, I can definitely tell it was, it was a good time for, for the whole team, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, uh, you know, in, in the Rangers organization history, they, they'd never won 10 games on the, on the road in a row. Um, you know, how can you explain doing that in the playoffs? You know, this is the first time an MLB team has done that, you know, can you give us a little bit insight into that? What was the team camaraderie? What was clicking on the road? You know, 
can you take us a little bit? Yeah, to- yeah. We just we just did it together, man. You know, like we when we go to those road clubhouses and the guys are in there together, we get guys taking the early bus to come in and hang out and just be around each other. And, you know, we'll throw some cards around, play a couple games here and there, do our batting practice and our routine, get together for a meeting and like do a couple things just together before we go out there and play. And it just felt like on the road, it just really meshed. And, you know, it wasn't one guy the entire postseason stretch. We had a lot of guys step up in a lot of different situations and win a whole bunch of games, you know, so I can't explain being perfect on the road. It felt like we felt like we had a good thing going at home too, but the record didn't turn out for us, but yeah, we just, we just got it done. Have you got a chance to, you know, take the trophy, do anything with it? If not, what do you plan to do with it? (laughs) No, I don't know. That's, I I don't know. I I held it up a couple of times. I got my picture taken with it, but yeah, that's, that's a team trophy. So I I don't want to have, I don't want to have reins on that. (laughs) I and I have to I have to slide this in there. How many times do you think you've listened to Creed um oh in this gosh. in this uh in this span? I don't know. I not as many, not as many as everyone assumes. You know, it, it was just we had a funny thing going there and yeah, it worked out pretty pretty nice for us. Well, you know, you you earn the honors of, you know, winning gold glove uh at first base this season. Was that something you you wanted to focus in, you know, defensively going into spring training? Was there any kind of method behind that? Or or is it just something that, you know, you kind of played yourself into a groove? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I knew I needed to get better. Um, I knew for for me to be the best uh, contributor to this team, I needed to be a all-around player, not just not just a hitter. So to be able to win an individual award where like defense is kind of a team thing, it's not so much a uh individual thing like to be a part of something like that and get individual recognition for it was super cool but yeah we worked hard for that um all winter long like for as long as I've played first base like I've had to really improve and and then I had a couple coaches that really went out there with me in spring training and every single day like being around the team just made me a better player so we just got a good thing going there so to win an individual award like that was was pretty special so Nathaniel, how difficult uh, was playing this year while worrying about your your mom Wendy, who was battling cancer, and what was that like to share that championship with her? Um, it was just something new, you know, to to have something on my plate off the field, like while the the biggest moments on the field were going on, was just something new to get after. So it was a challenge for sure. Um, there were definitely periods where. I feel like I pressed too hard and and tried to do too much to make her happy. And then there were definitely times where it was just happy to be there because she could watch us on TV. But when I, when I saw her, um, when I saw her before we really got deep into the postseason, she just, she mentioned winning the whole thing and, and, you know, how special of a moment to, to make it all come to fruition. Because if, if I can't be at home, if I can't go see her and, and hang out with her while she's going through this, then, you know, I, I guess winning the World Series is a, a pretty good second place. So it was it was really special how it all turned out. So now that the, the season's over, um, obviously, you know, World Series champion here, gold glove uh, award winner. What's vacation like? What's oh. <laughs> uh, what's what's that's got you got to have a vacation before you. Start uh, I got a pretty bad. Training. 
I got a pretty bad golf game going on, um, <laughs> you know, but I love to play. I, I got no idea where the golf ball is going right now, but I love to play. Um, we're going to the beach next week for Thanksgiving. So my mom wanted to drive over to the beach and hang out there for the week. And, and yeah, it'll be a good time. But yeah, we got to get back in the gym sooner rather than later because this winter's shorter, you know, uh, with that month cut off, it's, uh, it's time to get back to work again. But yeah, it'll be a good winter. I'm excited to to get back and really have a better year next year. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get you on the links here at, at PGA Frisco. Uh, you know, just just up the road from the stadium. Yes. Yes, well, I'd love to. Well, Nathaniel, you know, we we appreciate you you joining us today. Um, you know, all the well wishes to to your mom, and you know, just again, super congratulations. The the Metroplex could not be more happy for you guys and. Um, you know, we're, we're really excited. So it's, it's a great time to be a Ranger. Great time to be, you know, here in the Metroplex and, you know, we, you, you have our full support. Thank you so much. Now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Get ready sports fans. This fall is stacked with events right here in the big D from food sport to football. The number one sports business city has something for everyone. Head to DallasSports.org to sign up for access to exclusive ticket announcements, discounts, and pre-sales to be part of the next big win. Two, one. Now we are happy to be joined here on Mike Drop Dallas by Allie Christman, the Community Relations and Alumni Affairs Coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. She's also a proud TCU alum. Allie, sorry about this year. I know the Horned Frogs will, uh, will bounce back. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I know um, definitely a rebuilding year. Uh, we've got some good things this season, but excited for for next season and what's to come. So, I know Coach Dykes has a great great team over there. Yeah, he'll they'll be back for sure. Uh, before we get into what what the Cowboys will be doing in the community through the holiday season, let's let's talk a little bit about the Thanksgiving uh, game. Obviously, a, a big win over the uh, Washington Commanders, but also the twenty seventh Salvation Army Red Kettle kickoff which had a kind of an epic feeling this year. Uh, what, how can you kind of recap this year for us, but what the impact that that, that day has in terms of kicking off the, the Salvation Army's uh, holiday season of giving? Yeah, I think, you know, the great thing about the Salvation Army is it is worldwide and it impacts people in a variety of ways. And so, you know, really getting to see that come to life and kick off every year, bigger and better. I feel like every year they build um, and it's better than the last year before. And they serve that many more people, you know, in the, that holiday season. And um, that kickoff game is wonderful because it really puts eyes on all the good that the Salvation Army is doing. Um, it really, you know, shine the light out literally on stage at our halftime show um, for millions of people and across the country worldwide, you know, we have fans that tune into our games all over the world. And so really getting to see just how much good the Salvation Army can do and, you know, having an artist like Dolly Parton supporting that on stage, you know, not only reaches her fan base, but it reaches ours and it really, you know, hones people in on what's important to us as we head into the holiday season. While yes, it's football, it's also, you know, serving others and giving back to the community. And so I think that's a great representation of the two of those things. It seemed like half the team ended up in the Salvation Army kettle in the end zone before the game was over. We even had a, a Dak to CD Lamb alley-oop uh, reenactment. Uh, Duran Bland ended up in there after a pick six. 
all of us who work in sports know when you can get the participation of the players, things go to a next level. How have you and 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 the Cowboys uh, created this atmosphere where the where the players are so bought into what happens around the Salvation Army Red Kettle kickoff on Thanksgiving Day every year? Yeah, I think it comes down to service. Um, you know, our our we have a team of coaches and players that um, are dedicated to giving back. Um, whether that looks like in their cone communities and our community that they're now a part of. Um, we have My Cause, My Cleats coming up this week, and we got to see that um, across some of our players on their own foundations and causes. But I think because it's so important to our team, it's important to them. Um, super exciting to see them jump in there. Um, you know, I think it's a buy-in from all of the players and the coaches and from Angel Tree and adopting angels to, you know, jumping in the kettle on game day. Uh, to serving in our mentorship program at the Salvation Army. I think there's a wide variety where they can get involved throughout the entire season. So when it comes to that game and they see the kettles out there, it's just another way that they can really, you know, buy into that cause too. You mentioned the Salvation Army's global impact, uh, you know, with giving to those in need, you know, in, in many, many ways. But what, can you quantify what the Cowboys involvement, what kind of jet fuel that provides to the Salvation Army. I mean, any any nonprofit would would do anything to have a partner uh, with the reach and the and the brand power of the of the Cowboys. I mean, any feel for just how how big of an impact the Cowboys add to the Salvation Army? I think it's amazing because you have these two iconic brands. Um, you know, one that has been serving millions and billions of people for years, um, and another that has been, you know, entertaining people and serving people in another way for, you know, years. And so when you have these two iconic brands, that's a lot of eyes and a lot of um, support and a lot of, you know, just reach. And I think it's a really natural fit. Um, I know something that we love about the Salvation Army is that you know, when you donate to the Red Kettle in your community, it goes back to your community. Um, and so that's important to, you know, the organization. And when you're when you're working with a nonprofit to see where that funding goes, where those dollars go and the impact that it has on a variety of people. Um, you know, they have so many programs there. And so we really get to do a lot of work in a lot of different areas throughout the year um, in partnership with them and great staff um, nationally, locally, just you know, the Salvation Army is just one of those organizations that, you know, no matter what they're doing, they're reaching somebody and changing somebody's life. Um, and I think that's a lot similar to what sports does. And it gives people hope. It gives people, you know, a place, a purpose. Um, and so similar to how Salvation Army brings people together, so does sports. And so naturally, those two just fit. Okay, Allie, uh, we have to talk a little Dolly Parton. I mean, absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, I had my whole entire family uh, watching. They heard me talking about Dolly Parton is going to be on uh, halftime of Cowboys game all day long on Thursday. Um, so if you were hoping she would uh, would inspire people to give, I definitely think you 100% succeeded there. Um, what, what did uh, you think of her overall performance and just uh, what she was able to do for not only Salvation Army, but in the partnership with the Cowboys in general? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was just excited probably as y'all were when I um, heard that she was going to be our halftime performance. I know um, seeing her in the spring at ACMs here at the, the Star was so much fun. Um, and then just carrying that energy and excitement into to our season this year is just um, wonderful to see. But I think you know, I'm a people person. So, you know, working in this industry, as y'all probably have 
of experience yourself, you really get to know people as people, um, you know, that glitz and glam of the sport that they play or the talents that they have. Um, it's just a small part of who they are. And so same goes for Dolly. And so getting to hear her philanthropy efforts, um, you know, how much she loves service and giving back to others and, you know, how much she admires the work of the Salvation Army as well was just, I mean, it was heartwarming to see. It was exciting to see, especially as we head into the holiday season. And it just gave me more respect for her. I already had respect for her, but seeing, you know, her on that stage advocating for so much good um, is just, it's amazing. And I still get goosebumps, you know, talking about it because she really is quite the philanthropist, um, just a natural fit. Well, I, I vote for Dolly Parton every year for the halftime performance, uh, or at least every other year. Let's get her on a cycle or something. That was, <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> Allie, what else do you have in store uh, for your work within the community with the Cowboys players uh, and alumni, maybe this holiday season? Yeah, so we are um, full swing in the holiday season. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have My Cause, My Cleats coming up this week um, on Thursday. So our we have 40 players, uh, 18 coaches that will be representing a variety of causes on their shoes. Um, it's one of my favorite projects every year. Um, it really gives our players, our coaches, the opportunity to really, you know, wear their passions on their shoes um, and get to tell their stories and inspire people uh, that are maybe going through something similar or had a family member that have gone through something similar. It really humanizes them um, and makes them, you know, in reach for a lot of people that may see them as someone that they could never relate to. And so it it really is one of my favorite platforms um, each season and it grows and it grows and you get to learn a lot about the different players and the coaches and their experiences and what shaped them into the player or coach they are today. So that's coming up this week. Uh, and then we go into holiday season. So we'll have hospital visits and uh, we are in angel tree adoption season. So we'll uh, encourage, keep encouraging players, coaches, employees to adopt angels and, you know, give, Lots of kids, Christmas that may not otherwise have that opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of, you know, full swing. So all, all the good this season. So, Allie, Silly and I talk a lot about uh, players who, you know, have a great career here, end up retiring or, or their post, you know, playing career, living here, their philanthropic efforts and uh, really always looking to, give back and stay engaged within our, our community across all of our professional uh, teams and, and leagues here within the DFW area, which uh, of your Cowboys alumni are, I guess, most, most active here within the DFW area? You know, I have to say all of them are, um, you know, they, I, I have a great relationship and um, so does my boss um, with a lot of our former Cowboys, you know, a lot of them love to be around the team, come back. Um, those that are in DFW still have a heart to serve. And I think now that they're retired, have more time to serve. Uh, and so you really see them, you know, take advantage of that and come out and volunteer, um, whether either they're at games or they're, you know, out in the community. I think weekly we have somebody doing something. Um, so it really is, you know, incredible to see them continuing to use their platform as professional athletes long after their career ends. Um, you know, I think that heart to serve and uh, service doesn't leave you when you retire from the league. It only grows greater because you realize, you know, the platform that you have while you're playing continues on. And so we have so many alumni in the area. We call them legends um, that are still engaged with us and continue to grow and grow by word of mouth. Um, and just as we can continue to include them 
and any of our um, community projects. You know, we see a lot of engagement. So really, really happy um, to be in the position to be able to form those relationships with them um, and keep them cowboys, you know, throughout their entire lives, not just through their playing career. Well, and, and Dak Prescott, of course, being the most high profile cowboy on the field, won the ultimate really NFL individual award last year with the Walter Payton Man of the Year award for his work in the community. Talk a little bit about what, how, how that recognition that, that Dak got and what's important to him in the community. Yeah, I think, you know, the Man of the Year Award is known as the NFL's most prestigious award. And I think, you know, some sports fans may laugh at that and say maybe it's the MVP award or, you know, the quarterback of the his Super Bowl team winning team that year, you know. But for Dak, I think seeing him win that award, he was so deserving of it. Um, I know we see in this building, but millions of people see it across the country, the good that he does um, with his experiences and his foundation, the Faith Fight Finish Foundation. I think, um, you know, he... I've said it over and over again, a heart to serve and just, you know, impacting others with the platform that he has and, um, you know, just leaving the world a better place than, you know, any of us have found it. I think that's always the goal. And, and Doc is a great example of that. Um, you know, he's a leader on the field and off the field and really just inspires people every day with hope um, and perseverance and resilience and just embodies all that it is to really be the man of the year. Uh, and so he does a lot of good in our community uh, with his foundation, with our team, um, and then just all over. Before we let you go, I want to get your advice to young people who want to get in sports. You've accomplished a lot early in your career, but you've also gone back to school and done some things to help advance your career. So what what do you what do you tell young people when they say, how did you get a great job like that at the Cowboys? And how could I do something like that? Yeah, um, it's two part, I guess, would be my answer. Um, my grandfather coached baseball at Texas Tech uh, for over 22 years. And seeing him impact people in a positive way really drew me to sports and just seeing all the good that he did for others um, while he was in the profession really keeps me going. So I think um, the biggest thing is to not get wrapped up in the industry itself, but the impact that you can have in the industry. Um, that's really what keeps me growing, keeps me motivated, um, keeps me you know, optimistic about what's to come is really the platform that the sports industry gives you. And so focusing on that and seeing the ways in which you can impact others through it is so important to me. Um, and then never stop learning. I think the biggest thing for me is there's always something to learn, always something to build upon, always something to improve. Um, I think when you reach a point where you feel like you can't learn anymore or that you can't grow anymore, you've really hit um, a roadblock because there's always something that you can do uh, to make the next person better, to make you better, um, or to build others up and kind of take them along with you. So I think those two things uh, have really especially the last couple of years driven me in my career um, and is advice that I would give to somebody trying to step in or improve or grow in their own careers. Well, that is good advice. And we really appreciate you joining us uh, here at the mic drop, uh, Allie. Good luck yeah, with the absolutely. rest of your, yeah, the, all the community initiatives that Cowboys have, have rolling out here the rest of the holiday season. So on behalf of Monica and the Dallas Sports Commission, uh, thanks to Allie and also Nathaniel Lowe, uh, for for uh, the of the world champion Texas Rangers, we're going to keep saying that uh, for joining us on this uh, episode of Mike Drop Dallas. Thanks to our Mike Drop team, Next Level Marcus Carr and Merrick's Doc Gooden from Tony Fay PR, Alex Gilbert from the Sports Commission, our showrunner Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>